0: Welcome to the show. We are super excited that you're here, we being me. I'm Jackie Simmons. I'm the host of the show. You're at the Suicide Prevention Show, where we understand that suicide is certainly serious, and we believe that suicide prevention can be seriously fun. And to help us keep all of this in perspective and in balance. With a concept that got a lot of talk a little while, a few years back, this concept of emotional intelligence. We're going to bring that all into the world with the help of one of my favorite guides on the topic. So, Alyssa, and I hope I got the accent right, Watson, please come and join me in the studio.
1: Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Look at you. There you are. I'm standing as well. I've got my standing desk, just like you. I love it.
0: (laughs) Me too. Me too. So it is lovely to see you here. I mean, when we talk about work-life balance, it's sort of like working with a standing desk. You know, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to get it between the two feet so that you are stable. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Helping everyone come into this place of where balance is important where having a way to navigate without tipping over. Um, Where did all this start for you? Alyssa,
1: take us into your world. Okay, well, thank you, Jackie. Yes, so my name is Alyssa Watson, and I, a little bit about me, I am newly remarried. I have three teenage boys and a teenage stepson. So I'm surrounded by boys (laughs) and I I work full-time for a financial company in downtown Detroit, although we've been working from home for the past year. Um, But something that I do as a passion project is I help women, in particular working women with children still in the home, how to have a work-life balance that is fulfilling for them because it is because I, and I know this is a problem. I hear my coworkers and other people saying, what is work-life balance anyway? Like, you know, as a joke, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, But the way, but the way that I am able to, to do all of the things that I do is through emotional intelligence skills. So I have taken those two subjects and married them together. And that is my mission in the world to help women um, and really, and women affect, we affect our families and those around us greatly, how to have a fulfilling work-life balance so we can be present for the people that we love Mm -hmm. and take care of ourselves.
0: Okay. So you said a lot in there. We're going to have to unpack. some. Oh,
1: yes. Well,
0: we've got time. What's fun for me is the way that you introduced yourself. You know, you're surrounded by boys. You know, you you (laughs) recently remarried. So you've got all the dynamics of of Mm -hmm. relationships going on. And new relationships are really dynamic. And you've got a full-time job. And you've got this passion project into Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence. Yes. and working with entrepreneurial women mm-hmm. and and and, and <laughs> along the way you figured out a few things about how to stay productive when you keep adding things to your plate
1: yes well You're well done yeah well actually I, <laughs> one of the product productivity i i have a lot of different frameworks that i use i am a nerd Right, I, I. <laughs> so I actually have many books on productivity. I'm that much of a nerd, right? Ah, uh, got it, got it,
0: got it. Got so uh,
1: always searching for, you know, how to be better, right? And so some of the things, some of the books that I came across talked about um, the eighty twenty rule, right? And so learning how to eliminate things that really, maybe at the surface, it, it makes it seem like you're productive, but it doesn't. Re- it's not really. So If you looked at my life, you would see that I make those decisions about what I actually do with my time to pursue the goals that I have and things that I'm like, if I spent my time doing that, what is it really going to get me? (laughs) And And not only do I do that at work, but one of the things I teach my students in my class is you can bring that to your relationships too, right? Like what is going to be... Like what can you do that helps your personal relationships to be nurtured and to and to help you bond even better with your loved ones?
0: Got it. All right. So that's a mouthful. So let's
1: let's, <laughs> let's let's take us
0: into the realm of why did you need to learn this? What motivated uh, you to go in this direction? Yeah, you thought you'd get away well, with that. Right?
1: Yes. Well. So, growing up, right, I came from a broken home, and I felt like I really raised myself. I, my parents were both pretty absent, and I loved them dearly, um, but they had their own struggles. They were very young when they had me. and But I managed to do superficially well in life because I had school smarts. And I have a very logical brain. But what happened though, is that I did not, I lacked emotional intelligence skills. And if you're not familiar with what emotional intelligence skills are, we'll go into that, I promise. (laughs) All right, as long
0: as you promise, I'm with you so far.
1: (laughs) So um, I actually, this is my third marriage. And when I say I lacked emotional intelligence skills, you'll understand why this is my third marriage, but this marriage is going to last because now I have those emotional intelligence skills. (laughs) So, um, I, I, so I lacked relationship management skills. I was very angry inside. I was resentful that I didn't have a picture perfect childhood growing up. I had depressive you know, bouts of depression. And and I can tell you, there were many times in my life where I contemplated suicide. So um, I I couldn't accept myself and I couldn't accept others, right? So, um, but thankfully, um, resources came my way, people came into my life that helped me to really examine my own beliefs about the world and my own perspective about the world. And I'm going to tell you a funny story Um, that I had, I was a stay at home mom for 10 years because I didn't want my children to have the childhood that I had because of an impending divorce. My ex-husband was, you know, he, I found out he was having a relationship for three years prior to when I found out and, um, and I, I, you know, I shut him out. So, you know, and I didn't, but I, I, I didn't have those relationship management skills. And so I needed to go back in the workplace because I was going to be needing to support myself. Well, I wanted to get back into what I did before, which was academic advising. And I could not find an academic advising job. Couldn't even get an interview for the ones that were posted. So I started Uber driving. <laughs> and... As fate would have it, a woman called for an Uber to get to her job in downtown Detroit. And along the way, and I, had, I was increasing my emotional uh, intelligence skills by this time. And so I was really able to listen to her. And we had this most wonderful conversation. She hired me as her assistant. Now she was the, at the time I didn't know, she was the executive vice president of operations at this company. And she hired me in. Now this woman was everything. Like I just, even to this day, I just absolutely love her because she had, she knew how she knew herself. She accepted herself. She knew how to manage herself and her relationship. She was highly productive. She was my role model, almost like my idol. And so she was pivotal in, my, in turning my life around so that I could gain the skills that she had in those categories. And I had access to all kinds of courses, including emotional intelligence course at the company. So that would even spurred me on even more. So I've been talking a long time. <laughs> okay, it's a great story. for so- you. <laughs> all right,
0: so from single mom, to Uber driver, mm-hmm. to now you're the assistant to mm-hmm. the executive vice president. Right. You said that between single mom and Uber driving, you had started learning some emotional intelligence skills. Right. Where, where did that come into your life? How did this intersect? Because I cannot imagine, well, I can't imagine, as my own experience as a single mom, that's not when personal development was my highest priority.
1: Right. Well, I, I had hit rock bottom in about 2010. My kids were still very little. And um, the, the religion that I subscribed to at the time, um, it, was, it caused me to be very judgmental and judgmental towards other people. And someone who was close to me gave me a book and um, that helped me to expand my thinking. And it helped me to say, to ask myself questions about, you know, where are, where are your beliefs coming from? And do you have other choices? And so I started taking care of my thoughts and being more aware of my thoughts and my beliefs and asking myself, what are my other options, right?
0: Hold on, you mentioned a book, you didn't mention the title,
1: what's the book? Uh, You know what, I can't even, it's on my bookshelf, but I can't even remember because I've read so many books.
0: Yeah, I get that, we can always grab it later, but I'm just like, okay, what kind of book was it? I mean, I know you've read a lot of books in different genres, but what kind of book was it, Alyssa?
1: It was a book that freed me from judgment right? Self-judgment. Um, it was still a religious book and I wouldn't call myself religious anymore. Um, so the book was just to help me get off of this, this path that I had been on for so long. Um, and then, and I, and I do believe in, you know, a higher power, maybe God. Um, but I felt that it was like, it was to help me get on the right path. And for the right path for me, right, where I could learn to love myself because I didn't love myself. I couldn't accept myself because the religion that I subscribed to and the voices that I heard in my head was, you're not good enough. Mm. And nobody else is good enough either. So it was just like an impossible standard. And this book helped me to see that, that, that you don't have to believe that right? And uh, it was about just about real love, loving yourself and loving others.
0: Got it. Okay. So that's a powerful place to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, unfortunately, um, love is one of those emotions that people are not always very intelligent about, especially mm-hmm. when they mix up love and passion. Yeah. You want the opposite of intelligence. You try to deal with a passionate person.
1: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) So, Alyssa, the journey from where you started, being dealing with the ending of a marriage and the betrayal of Mm -hmm. a marriage. Right. And through being a single mom, Uber driving, Mm -hmm. now working, and you gave up homeschooling. So that your kids are now having all of these other experiences too. Right. This this can be a really interesting time for families. When did it start to settle down?
1: Um. I don't know what you mean by when did it start to settle down.
0: So you have all of these things that are in upheaval.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So so when did it start to feel like you had a new normal?
1: Well, you know, interestingly enough. Um, when we, actually, my ex-husband and I actually had an amicable divorce because in the, in the time that his relationship with the other woman started and the time that I found out, I had grown tremendously, but he, so <laughs> as weird as it sounds, um, you know, he loved both of us, right? <laughs> um, and, and it was, it was hard. But I knew I could at that point understand how my, now look, we were both responsible, right? Um, for the ending of our marriage. But I could understand, because I had gained some emotional intelligence skills, I could understand how that happened. Because I was, I was walls up, right? I had walls, I, I just still had a lot of fear. And he was scared. We were married for 18 years and he felt alone for that many years, but he stuck it out. And you know and I'm grateful to him. I'm actually even, I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I am actually grateful to the woman that he is still with um, because she probably saved his life. He contemplated suicide well he felt that he couldn't save me so so I'm grateful for that and so so we when 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 I got over the shock that that of this revelation and I and I really took the time to understand you know we made sure that it was, uh, that we put the kids first in the sense that there was no more fighting. There was no more arguing. It was going to be, we're gonna be calm about this. And of course, it still, it still hurt the kids, you know, but that was um, five years ago, something like that, um, that we had told the kids and so Um, They're very well adjusted now. And so that's the story of how that happened. And and it did, so it never got crazy. It was never an angry divorce.
0: So the shock of it was more reinforcement for what you were dealing with internally, but you had started on the healing journey, it sounds like already.
1: Yes, I was.
0: Yeah.
1: What made it all the more painful for him, you know, <clears throat> too so <laughs> that he and you know he felt shame he, that he 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 was never never the kind of guy to cheat you know on his wife so but he was so lonely she was his friend mm. when you can feel compassion
0: for the people who betray you and still not allow for it to continue. That's truly, I think, probably the best definition of emotional intelligence I've ever heard, Alyssa. Yeah. Yeah. So the power of your story to inspire people. Thank you for taking us on the journey with you.
1: Yes. No, and 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 even though I cry now because it is emotional, um, like I said, I, you know, we both wanted what was best for the children. Uh, and and so and that's still the case, you know, that we have we have two very loving homes for them to be raised in. And uh yeah, and, and it shows the power of forgiveness too. I forgive him.
0: I you know i had uh, some of my belief systems really challenged once by a kid's reaction yeah you know, parents were divorced been divorced for years dad says to the son you know would would have been better if we had stayed together for you because the kid was shoveling back and forth between right them. and his son looked at him and said what I would give up living between two happy homes to live in one unhappy home. <laughs> so perspective is a little easier to come by when right. you have this emotionally solid place. Yes. Now we promised everybody we were going to connect the dots between yes. <laughs> intelligence and time management. We got plenty of time to do this.
1: Yes. I we don't know.
0: want to leave this particular as part of a conversation. If we've got um. This is a great place to say that when you are dealing with deciding to leave a marriage, when you're Mm -hmm. talking about dealing with what we call broken homes, but what we're really talking about is divided homes, you know, because then nobody's broken. And we know this now, but we didn't know it before. But, you know, when when you're talking about splitting up, period, breaking Mm -hmm. up is always hard to do yeah and so now you're talking about doing it with emotionally intelligent with some emotional intelligence skills right Uh, take us to where these skills come into play and how do they apply to where you want us to go
1: okay absolutely and so i it's it's my pleasure really i feel like talking about emotional intelligence with people is, is such a pleasure um because i truly believe that the most fulfilled, the happiest people, the most beloved leaders and, and people in our lives have the skills that make up emotional intelligence. So for the audience, I I made up some, I'll, I'll describe them for people who are listening to the podcast, but listen, this is the teacher in me. (laughs) I made some graphics. (laughs) Okay. So Here we have emotional intelligence, and you can see on the paper, I have a pyramid. The base of the pyramid says self-awareness. And both of those, I have two segments above that going up the pyramid, self-management and social awareness. And then those skills build or flow up to the top, which is the part that we see Uh, most often and that is relationship management. How we we interact with other people. And I mentioned that I lacked emotion or relationship management skills because I lacked the other the foundational skills uh, for that. And so I, I promise I won't stay
0: on these too long, but. Well, that's okay. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to pause you between them. Because pause me.
1: <laughs> that
0: one that you drew was really, really cool mm-hmm. in that it's only the very top section of the pyramid that's visible to other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the. Iceberg. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, the self management, the social management, and the self awareness, those are all invisible things. You know? Right. What we can see is the relationship side.
1: Right. We see how people interact with each other, but we don't see their self-awareness or their social awareness. We can't see those things. What we see is how they interact with other people. That's the visible part. But really, we, you know, in order to develop good relationships, you know, you need, you need those other things. As well. So if we think about it in two different categories, we have personal competence, which is self-awareness and self-management, and then others, so the social awareness and relationship management, so that's called social competence. All right, I'll stop there. If you have a question about that before I'm, I go I'm So you
0: just took it and you divided it into two pieces,
1: self right. and others. Right, right. So yeah, so like two categories. Self, others, awareness, management.
0: Awareness, management is both. Awareness of others, awareness of <laughs> self. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the, the foundation is self, people. The foundation is self-aware. So that's so right. That's where we're gonna be talking. All right, so cool. There we go.
1: Okay. So my next graphic. Yeah. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So I, well, I have this, we're going to talk about self-awareness and I won't keep it up there, but so self-awareness is your ability to recognize your own emotions, both in the moment and also your tendencies over across situations, right? Because so many times we, you know, emotions are powerful, right? Yeah, emotions are powerful. I know, I was listening to you with Dr. Margaret and you were talking about emotions. And and yes, totally agree with what she was talking about. Um, But we we often ignore our emotions, right? Or disregard them, right? But it's important for us to understand how our emotions us. Um, Because they play such a big role in how we behave. (laughs) Uh And so if we are unaware of our emotions or we ignore them or even the emotions of others, right? We're going to be like a ping pong, just (laughs) like reactive. Everything is a reaction to another, right? Whereas, you know, when you take the time to have self-reflection time on a regular basis. And that was one of the key things that I did. I started waking up early before anybody else in the household to, to journal and ask myself questions and be alone. That that was so huge for me. Now, you know, there's an argument, should you do it in the morning? Should you do it? at? night it, to me, it doesn't matter. When can you do it? <laughs> right? Like when, well, can- when will you do it? <laughs> yes. Right. Like if, if, because look, my husband, he is a night owl. Mornings are so difficult for him. Right. It, it, we are so opposite in that, but his alone time is after everybody's gone to bed, where he can have his self-reflection time and mine's in the morning. And it probably works out really well (laughs) that we're opposites in that, right? Um, So, and and taking the time, well, so what should you do during your self-reflection time, right? Um, You can meditate, um, you could journal, I, the way that I do it actually is, I don't really do either of those things. I have a like a playful wonderment and I'll, and I'll think about things I'll be, I'll give my gratitude for the things in my life and I'll think about things coming up in my life mm-hmm. and, and wonder about them. And uh, so, but okay, but we're, we're talking about for beginners here. <laughs> so what are some things that you could do in your reflection time? I love the power of questions, self reflection questions, because it really gets your brain going. So you could ask yourself what are my values? What values did I inherit from my parents, my family, my friends, my church, my school, my work? And are they really my values?
0: Well, we're going to pause that.
1: Pause. Okay. And here's why. Okay.
0: Every single time I've taken a values assessment, they were all different. They all have very different definitions of the Mm -hmm. word values.
1: So when you say it, what does values mean? Mm -hmm. What do you hold in high esteem? Like what, when you, like for instance, when you think about your ideal self, like when you say, this is what I would like to be known as right and this was one of the things I did for myself because I knew like I didn't like myself I didn't like the way I behaved I didn't like the tone I used with my kids I didn't like that I overreacted so I said okay I know what I don't like what do I want and I want to be a calm mother right I want to be an affectionate mother I want to be a good listener Right. And it takes some time to develop those skills, but it was my North star. Right. Like I said, those are the things that I would love to be known as that. I do these things. I'm calm. I am a good listener. I'm affectionate. Right. And so that's where I would start. Right. And I don't know what, what do you think? I'm curious to know how you would define values.
0: That's like I said, this has been a sticking point for me for a long time. And I've done values assessments that, you know, I value being on time. Mm-hmm. So very different than I value being affectionate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and so I hadn't come up with a really good definition. I loved yours. What do I hold in high esteem?
1: Yes.
0: That's a, that's a workable definition for me. So I go like. My I'm writing that one down. That's what I'm doing is taking my notes. That's why I tell everybody get out a notebook because you you're, you're gonna see me on camera going. They're gonna go, what is she doing? I'm like I'm <laughs> notes, people. Just so you don't know. Okay. Right. So cool. So you recommend that people take there's one that they take self-reflective time. How much time?
1: Oh, well, look. I believe in starting small. And so if it is just five minutes a day until you increase that, until it's a habit, and you know, because I can spend an hour and a half in the regular, I get up at 5.30 and nobody else gets up until seven. So I get an hour and a half Every morning, and I love it, but if I told somebody, you know, why don't you try an hour and a half every morning, they'd be like, are you kidding me? There's no way that I, I don't have time for an hour and a half each morning. Keep going. All right, so we were talking about how much self-reflection time. If you're new to it, I would say start with five minutes, right? One question to ask yourself just answer one question. Whether you do it in your head or in a journal, pardon me, doesn't matter to me. Um, So, But so uh, here, I, I just wanna share some questions with the audience that you could ask yourself to get started. So what makes me feel happy? What makes me feel angry? What makes me feel resentful? What makes me feel loved? What makes me feel afraid? And what makes me feel regretful? So you you could probably find one of those emotional charts and just ask yourself, (laughs) go through all the different emotions and ask yourself, (laughs) like, not
0: everybody knows what an emotional chart is.
1: So we're
0: going to start right there and go. What is an emotional chart? So the power of understanding because emotional language even being able to be aware to recognize that I'm having a feeling an emotion mm-hmm. and then to be able to label it to actually give it a name
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah this is not where most people start their journey yeah, so we we know anger, we may know love, we know sadness, you know, we've got these big buckets that we put our, um, our emotions into. Mm-hmm. And so the nuances, the, it's the power of an emotional chart. So whatever the emotional chart is, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you think about what's a good resource for somebody to find an emotional chart.
1: Yeah, right. Well, Actually, if you, uh, have you heard of Byron Katie? Yeah, okay. She is the author. Yeah. Uh, She wrote several books, but Loving What Is. if And actually, if you just go to her website, she has a downloadable emotions chart. Cool. So that's the easiest one.
0: A source for an emotions chart. All right. So then the the question is simply, what makes me feel whatever that emotion is? Mm -hmm. and answering that question for half a dozen emotions is what it sort of sounded like the list was comprised of.
1: Right, and I mean, those are just some suggestions. Um, There's all kinds of things. You can think about, you can use your emotions to guide what you'll reflect on. So if you're thinking about what's going on in your world right now, if you're feeling strongly about something, that's a signal. Like, hey, maybe I should pay attention how do I really feel about this situation going on? Maybe I can't even put an emotion on it. I just like something is uneasy, but as you really think about it, as you maybe if you journal about it, sometimes things will come loose. I, Like I said, I'm not particularly a spiritual person, but I get inspiration from somewhere (laughs) that every morning, like things will come to me, ideas, insights, and wisdom. I can't explain that other than I have given space for that, for that inspiration or insight or wisdom to come. So it's, yeah, (laughs) just giving that space, building that in, even if it's five minutes when you start, that you build that habit and increase it when you can.
0: Okay. So five minutes to start. I love that. I absolutely do because that sounds doable and it doesn't have to be a specific time of day. So,
1: yeah, cool.
0: we, we've got mm-hmm. that it's your biorhythm, whatever you're going to actually do, you're absolutely. not going to do, but whatever you're going to do. And five minutes a day, and a great place to start is with questions based on an emotional chart. Right. So that you're having that emotional um, introspection with yourself. Mm-hmm. Cool. Exactly. I got it so far. All right. So, yeah. Right.
1: And, oh, well, let me ask one more. You could also, and I highly recommend this, to to lift your mood. What are you grateful for today? So
0: you can write it
1: down in a, I recommend writing it down in in a gratitude journal because you can look back if you're ever feeling blue and you can look at all the things that you're grateful for because sometimes when we're in a low state, It can be hard for us to remember. So for Gratitude Journal, I I do recommend writing that down. But okay. So next question.
0: Cool. All right. So writing down, and and actually all of these are writing exercises, which I Mm -hmm. really love because I'm the multitude of ways, whether you dictate the answers into something that you can see visually, Mm -hmm. or you actually sit down and put pen to paper, the reality is. from my experience, the more of our senses we can engage in anything, the more likely we are to affect change in our brain. Yes, emotional intelligence is a real brain changer.
1: Yes, it yeah. really is. Cool. All right. Oh, so, cool. yes. so we're at three forty p.m. Eastern. We're good. We're good, we're good. on time. Okay. Yeah. So what you All got? Right. Well, self self-management's the next topic. Here we go. All right. It's going to be hard for you to see from the camera, but uh, it is your ability to use your awareness to direct your behavior positively. So Mm -hmm. once we can, once we are aware of our emotions, right, and we learn how to accept them as a signal, right, Mm -hmm. right, then we can start to manage it, right? And some of the things I like to say, so if you're gonna write things down, (laughs) this is a good time. Pause, right? When something causes you to startle or caught, you can feel, because you've got that awareness muscle going, when you feel an emotion arising, pause, breathe, take control of your self thought, all right? So we all have these stories about how the world is that run like, you know, like a record. She did that to me because blah, 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 right? Or she always, or he never, right? So, or, oh, it's all my fault. This is all my fault. This is all my fault, right? Um, We all do it. We have this internal dialogue. So one, so the next thing is to take control of that self thought or self talk, right. And say, that's not necessarily true. Right. And then we'll use our communication skills, you know, as we build those to find the real part of the matter. And then the other thing with self care, self management is self care and, in my work-life balance course, you know, one of the things that where we're trying to build into our lives is taking care of ourselves. That's a form of self-management. When we get enough sleep, right, when we take care, we eat right, we get some physical activity in, those are taking care of our body, so we're not crabby.
0: <laughs> or hungry. Yeah, when you're so hungry. Or angry,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that is self-management, All right? Then we're gonna go on to social awareness. That's the other part of the middle of the triangle or iceberg that we can't necessarily see. But social awareness is your ability to recognize and understand the emotions of others. So that's, that is going to be a foundation to relationship management. If we're clueless about how other people's emotions, we're just going to like railroad them, right? (laughs) Or, and, and that will cause it to be worse. So how do we do that? One, we we're present, right? We've learned how to manage ourselves so we can listen to other people and manage that self-talk we talked about earlier. To stop the chatter in our brains, listen and observe. What's the body language going on here with with the other person? Do they seem fidgety? Do they seem like they're not paying attention or they're like they're tensed up because they're angry or anxious or afraid, right? Those are clues right? Those are signals, as I talked about, our emotions are signals. So we need to be aware of how other people are feeling, and we can use that. And as I mentioned, that's how we can improve our social awareness. And then, of course, the top of the triangle is relationship management. And that is your ability to use your awareness of your own emotions and the emotions of others to manage interaction successfully. Right? Mm -hmm. So it, it takes time. It takes time to build these skills. So accept where you're at, accept yourself, accept where other people are at. We're all on our own journey. But building trust, respect, good communication, empathy, and connection, that leads to positive relationships and isn't that what makes life fulfilling
0: i think you're going to have to read that list again so
1: okay.
0: try okay. that because okay. that was a really good wrap up but my brain didn't catch that you were wrapping it up so okay do, 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 do it
1: again. Sure. yeah absolutely so f- for relationship management our goals to have these positive relationships tr- building trust building mutual respect Building good communication, which is also listening and speaking clearly, and and in such a way that you know. Well, I won't go into that. But empathy. So,
0: oh wait, wait no, you can't do that. That <laughs> doesn't work on my show. You can't. Okay. Okay. Do that. All right. Good.
1: What's so that sentence? Come
0: on, tell us. Okay. So
1: you. we speak to others. We tailor what we're speaking to others based on what we know about them, um, how they hear messages, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a little bit complicated, but as you grow in your relationship, you understand people and you can understand timing. Like for me to have a a communication with my husband in the morning, well, that's not a good time. So I understand him. So I tailor my communication to what I know about him. Got it. Okay, so okay, yeah, so that's was, what you that
0: first said. It, it could have sounded very manipulative, uh, as okay. opposed to being very respectful,
1: right? Of course, and just yes. aware
0: of when's a good time to talk to somebody.
1: Yes, well, and here's another example. Like with my oldest son, mm-hmm. I you know, you know I have a great relationship with each of my sons, but they're all very different. But because I know them so well, I have a base like. It's like a foundation of understanding, this um, combined understanding. And so I can, if I'm talking to him, I use language that he understands, right? Or examples that he understands. And then of course, empathy, which is that ability to see from another person's perspective, right? To, to feel in some way how they feel right? And then connection, building that connection.
0: Building the connection is really, really important. Right. I think that that's really cool. Okay. So building the connections in a world where tech happens, Hmm. you know, because we're dealing with so many more complexities, so many things that can create static in a relationship that we didn't have to deal with a generation ago. Right. Yeah. So um, one of the things I just wanted to let you know is that everyone now knows, because it's in the chat box, it'll be in the show notes, that there's the this, this secrets to getting everything done. Right. Now, it's geared towards the entrepreneur. Everybody can use these. Okay. Yes. And we all love secrets.
1: Yes. And even if so, and even if you're not necessarily interested in the ebook, If you want to get on my email newsletter list in which I talk about uh, emotional intelligence, the the intersection of emotional intelligence and productivity, um, uh, you'll be on my email list then. So even if you're not interested in the book, but want to hear from me on a weekly basis about my perspective on those topics, um, just go ahead and do that.
0: The intersection of emotional intelligence and productivity. And that's actually been the experience of our conversation today is that it has been this experience of the intersection, you know, mm-hmm. emotionally intelligent. And I'm going to name the elephant in the room because for some of the people live and for some of the people watching the recording, they may go, what? And <laughs> what happened is that, you know, the whole Zoom imploded, you know, mm-hmm. the, the webinar shutdown in the middle of you talking about how many minutes a day, Yeah. So for, and so being able to come back in, be able to pick up where you left off for everyone in the background, you know, my tech team to not go running around like the hair is on fire. This is the intersection of where emotional intelligence kept us productive.
1: Yes. And
0: people who, you know, didn't freak out and, and go yelling and screaming into the night, but who just said, Oh, and they found their links and they came back in, you know, it's just this is what it's like in action. I don't believe in coincidences, so the <laughs> fact that there was a tech glitch in the middle of this conversation about how emotional intelligence improves productivity—right? We're gonna call it divine timing. Could right. not have been better for this. I know.
1: Just like just like that divine intervention of me, you know, picking up an Uber passenger who just so happened to be looking for an assistant. Mm-hmm. And- and I had, the sk- I had enough skills at that point that I knew how to have a good conversation and really listen. Um, so yeah, it was great though. Yes, you didn't panic. It's just like, you could have panicked, but you didn't panic. It's like, sometimes it happens. Okay, well, you know, can do, right? The, the difference
0: between how, to, how um, the world for me now at this age, Compared to, you know, um, at earlier stages. Yeah. I think everyone needs to give themselves a little more grace when it comes to emotional intelligence in their past. Mm-hmm. And that key you were talking about of acceptance.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Accepting that everything you did was good enough. I think is probably the first lesson I had to learn before I could go on an emotionally intelligent journey. Yes.
1: Absolutely. So
0: cool. Well, Alyssa, thank you very, very much for spending time with us today. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're very, very welcome.